Welcome to another episode of Betting with Babies. Today is Wednesday, October 27th, and we are heading into week eight of the NFL season. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We appreciate the support. And if it's your first time, let's make some cash. We're going to jump right into a quick recap of week seven. We say a lot of things on this podcast and post a lot of things on the page. So let's see how we did. Week seven, we went 14 and six overall with our daily free plays. We got a red hot start to the NBA season going eight and one on the first week. We cashed on four out of six of our TD scorers, but where we fell short is our pod picks. We went 0 and three and that is unacceptable. We look for a big bounce back weekend going into week eight. Before we get into that, as always, I want to introduce my team who helps you balance your babies and bets. I am your host, Mr. Clutch. I've got my co-host, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats. How are we doing, gentlemen? What's up, boys? Um, I'm real tired of the Dolphins. Real tired of hearing about Watson. And October 27th, I want you guys to hear it first. I'm going to predict what happens. We're not going to get Deshaun Watson. And two is going to ask for a trade, and we're going to be left with no quarterback once again. Maddie, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, the good thing about that scenario is you're probably going to have the first overall pick next year. So, you know, it kind of gets that like two off the table after he asks for a trade. Yeah, about, about that. Hold on, real quick. Sorry, to interrupt. We don't have our first round pick next year. Oh, yeah, you guys tried to get cute in the draft this year and trade yeah. back, but still get Jamar Chase, but then nope, you ended nope. up Waddle's with Jalen Waddle. Waddle's excellent. Don't don't insult Waddle. He, he's average. It's disgusting. I don't see him on Sunday. I watch the highlights. I can't get through a whole Dolphins game, but I don't see him on Sunday highlights ever. I see him. It's going to be painful see to a lot give of that Jamar Chase to the Eagles, that's for sure. Um, but good to see you boys. Back for another week. This week, we have a very special guest on the episode. As you might know, we're not only gamblers, but also big sports card collectors. And we've got one of the biggest names in the sports hobby right now, the Prism Shark, joining us on this podcast. How are we doing, Prism Shark? I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to be on the show. Uh, I've been following it. I'm a super degen, balancing a one-year-old and work. So I've been trying to figure it out. Um, you know, my personal bets haven't always been going great. So I just dumped the money into slabs and sports cards. So, uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We are happy to have you and excited to talk about slabs and sports cards. We're going to get into that towards the end of the podcast, but for this week, we're going to stick to what we do best. And we're going to jump right into week eight pod picks. This is where we give you our best bets of the weekend. We've got four plays this week because we've got our special guest, Prism Shark, giving us a guest play for the week. So tune in. Let's get started. First game on the board. The Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Cleveland. Teddy, this is your game. What do we got? Uh, Maddie, give me some stats and then I'll tell you my opinion. All right. So we got 68% of the cash and 61% of the tickets on the Browns. What's interesting about this is I tried to get ahead of the game and do the stats last night. Last night, it was 88% of the cash and 71% of the tickets on the Browns. So a lot of money's come in on Pittsburgh in the past 24 hours. This one opened up at three and a half and it stayed steady throughout the week. It looks like Baker's expected to play through the pain as he got some practice reps today. And he's also been making it publicly known that he's playing. Big Ben has just been absolutely awful throughout the season and is graded as the 25th best quarterback in the league, just above Zach Wilson and Davis Mills. That's not good company. <laughs> uh, while Ben is known to throw one of the ugliest balls in the league at this point in his career, he has one of the worst passer ratings while under pressure, a 38, which he can expect to be under a lot of, as Pittsburgh has the second highest allowed pressure rate on the offensive line in the league. I was surprised to see this as your game of the week. This is a tough game, especially with Baker on the fence. What are you thinking here, Teddy? Well, I know you don't like to do division games, but I think you know, although Pittsburgh's defense is always good, their offense is pretty trash. Cleveland with Baker coming back and Nick Chubb, that's key too. Plus they have um, Dearness Johnson. Did I get his name right? Dearness oh, Johnson? Oh, he looked good. 
real good. I think he's got fresh legs midway through the season. He's going to play the Kareem Hunt role. I think they're going to do a one-two punch, and um, I'm going Cleveland. At home, three and a half. I like it. There you go. Heard it here first. Mr. No Days Off is on Cleveland at three and a half at home. Prism Shark, what do we think of that pick? We got to follow or fade? I mean, I'll start by saying if I'm picking my matchup of the week, I just stay away. Pittsburgh makes me nervous. Pittsburgh feels like they were so good last year. They got good weapons on the outside. It doesn't really make sense to me why they're not better other than Big Ben. Um, three and a half divisional. I, I'm going to fade. I uh, it, Gun to my head, I got a pick. I, I'm going Pittsburgh. I wouldn't touch it. Baker makes me too nervous. And uh, Cleveland's not exactly a winning franchise in my mind. Okay. We got our first fade of the week. Matt, Did they talk to you before about the, the fade game going on with me or no? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Not a setup. There is a system. There is a system play in, in place here, which we'll get to the system. Um, you're already on it, apparently, which is fade Teddy. <laughs> but this is a division game. We try to stay away from their tough. I'm curious where Matt is going to go with this one. Follow or fade, Matt? Look, this one was tough. I wouldn't... Sometimes I wonder how you pick your games because you just pick games that I like. I'm like, like no, I'm just going to toss this one in the air. It could be 50-50. It could go either way. So Pittsburgh, like, they just strike me as a team that's just going to win some random games. Uh, like the defense is really good. Baker's been good this year. Not great. I don't know. I think I, I'll follow you. I don't like it, but I'll follow you because I have to make a pick. Wow. Maddie Stats going to follow Cleveland. You know, I agree with you. This is a game I would probably stay away from, but we're on it, so we're here. Coaching, it comes down to coaching here in division game with a spread this close. I, I give the edge to Tomlin with the coaching. Cleveland's a little bit banged up. We'll see if Chubb comes back healthy and where he's at. And Baker, I mean, Baker. Baker's had a serious injury. I'm surprised he's coming back. He's a tough kid. Maybe not for his own good for this team of trying to come back too quick. I'm going to fade you, Teddy. A fade. Tore a meniscus, right? In his left shoulder or something? Tore his shoulder. Is it a yeah. meniscus? No, meniscus Meniscus is in the knee. Is a, labor, is a labrum up there? I think there's a labrum, labrum. up there. Labrum. Right? Yeah. Okay. I think he chipped yep. something, too. He's got like a small fracture of some sort. Oh, yeah. He's fucked up. I mean, nobody doubts his toughness, though. If he can play, he'll be out there. But I think that, that scares me, right? Because like maybe that's not what's best. And uh, Pittsburgh team coming off a bye. Real We're quick, are, 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 we, are you giving him 30 to $35 million a year, Matt? I mean... Because you don't want like, to start over at quarterback? Like, I think he's like, you basically run the DAC playbook against him. Like, prove it. I'm just going to franchise you for one year and maybe franchise you again. And Yeah, then, but you paid DAC anyway. I got to pay you more money. You yeah, but that's DAC. fine. We paid DAC. Like, DAC proved himself over the past two years. Yeah. I agree. I think he's on the fence, but you have to look at who his replacement would be. And I think you end up paying him. Case Keatum? You look great. Backup QBs <laughs> need loving too. I mean, All right. two is on the block. Wait, hold on real quick. Prism Shark, are you signing Baker? I don't love it, but I would pay him. I mean, I'm paying Kirk Cousins $30 million a year guaranteed. I mean, it's hard as hell to get a good quarterback in the NFL. I like Maddie's idea around franchise him to death. I mean, that's what they did with Kirk Cousins as well prior to signing him. I think he was franchised for two consecutive years. But, I mean, ultimately, I think Baker is going to make the money. It's too hard to get a good QB in the NFL. Yep, I'm yeah. signing him too. I'm a big Baker yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a big, I mean, character guy, locker room guy. Team seems to love him. We're moving on from Mr. No Day's off first game. He is on Cleveland, minus three and a half. Lock it in. We're split on the following fade. Let's go to our second game of the week. This is my game. I'm taking the four. All right, we got the 49ers up against the Chicago Bears. Maddie Stats, what do they say? All right. So we got 81% of the cash and 59% of the tickets on the 49ers. This one opened up at three and a half, but moved to four earlier today. You got Jimmy G and Fields have both looked awful this year with Garoppolo posting a PFF grade of 56.8 with a 0.61 big time throw, which is horrific. 
That's that's real bad. He's not making any big time throws with that. And also has a whopping 6% turnover worthy play on every drop on dropbacks. Fields is not too far behind him with a 49.3 grade and throws a turnover worthy play in almost 5% of his dropbacks. It should be noted he had five turnovers last week. In the trenches, San Fran has over a 55% running advantage against Chicago's D-line. And finally, we'd be remiss if we did not mention Matt Nagy, the head coach, is out with COVID-19 along with a few Bears, including their right tackle who tested positive Sunday morning before the game, so unexpectedly lost their right tackle. No word yet on if he's going to be available this week. Wow. Oh, I think that's Maggie an, could barely coach the an, team. That's an yeah, he's been coaching the via Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Addition by subtraction. I feel better about the Bears now if Maggie's out. No, I was, I, you know, coming into this, I had my pick, but I really don't like where the money's at right now. Did you say 89% of the tickets, 49% of the cash? 81% of the cash and 59% of the tickets are on the 49ers. Okay. So that's actually a good sign. So big money coming in on the Niners, a lot, big margin here between the amount of tickets on it and the Niners. That's where you want to see it. So we've got a system at play here. We're going to follow the money on this one. I'm going to take the 49ers on the road minus three. What do you guys think? Uh, I have a system and it's never betting the B words. So I'll follow you. Boom. I'm going to follow you. I follow the same system. <laughs> yeah, that you can't. You can't follow the too early. I knew it's perfect for our first guest on this podcast. Someone else who hated the Bears as much as we do. <laughs> Wait, why do you hate the Bears so much? You know, honestly, it's not that I hate them. So I'm a Vikings fan, and I live in New England. And my whole life here, I'd see the Bills fans run up and try and talk shit to the Patriots fans, and they're like, "Oh, you're cute." That's kind of how I feel about the Bears. They're just like as pathetic of an offense as they come. Like I understand that they were good years ago in like the 80s, like before we were born. And, uh, you know, with Brian Urlacher and Devin Hester, they had some good teams. But, I mean, when your offense, when scoring points was driven by your special teams and that was like your best offense, I just got no interest in putting any money on them ever. Yeah, shout out! I to love Devin the disrespect Hester. to Rex Grossman. <laughs> yeah, didn't even mention yeah. him. <laughs> the quarterback of the team just glazed right over him. No, it was about Devin Hester that year. It wasn't about Grossman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so we've got two follows on the 49ers. Maddie, what do you think? I am. Uh, I'm going to follow you on the 49ers. Uh, there's nothing that makes me think that Justin Fields is going to get it together this week. Um, you're taking the coach away, which, you know, addition by subtraction, but he's trying to do it. I can't do anything effectively by Zoom, and he's apparently joining all the meetings by Zoom. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to follow you. with. All right. I don't know if it's good or bad. Last time we were all on the same page, it paid off for us. So we've got the whole pod following the 49ers. That means that's a lock-in for tonight before that line changes. All right, so lock that in. 49ers minus three going to Chicago. Let's move on to our third game. This is Maddie Stats game. What's the third game on the board? All right. So we got the Bucks versus Saints minus five bucks. We got 94% of the cash and 81% of the tickets on the Bucks. This one opened up at five and has moved to five and a half. Uh, not much to say about Brady other than he's been absolutely amazing this season. Winston, on the other hand, has graded out really well. But when you look at his overall season, he's got two grades in the low 90s. And that actually occurred in that week one blowout against Green Bay, which was kind of, we can all say is an aberration. And the other grade in the 90s was against the Giants. So I'm cherry picking stats here. But when you take those two like games out of the play, He's got a 57 on the season. And I watched that entire game on Monday. He does that weird thing with his feet. He just looks uncomfortable. But New Orleans, you know, to their credit, they have a massive advantage against the Bucks team line in this one. So you can expect to see a heavy uh, utilization out of Kamara. What I do like, though, about the Bucks is their O-line has a 17% advantage against the pass and a 24% advantage against the rush. 
Add that in with the Saints having a bottom five pressure rate with the third lowest sack conversion rate. And I feel really good about the Bucs in this game. One final thing to note is Antonio Brown was seen in a cast on the sideline, but we also got Gronk back. I feel good about the Bucs this week. I'm going Bucs minus five and a half. Bucs minus five and a half. There, there's nothing normal about Jameis Winston. You know, like the way he's in the pocket, the way, he, you know, his workout routines. Have you guys, you guys seen Jameis Winston? He's got, he's got like, good hips. What's he, what's he doing? That, like I, you know, it's terrible podcasting content, but he's like dancing around on his feet. Like he's got doing like a crab thing. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> he stole crab yeah. legs when he was in college, right? Yep. That was the one. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah from uh, Publix, nonetheless. Did, did you say the Bucks? That the Saints have an advantage against the run against the Bucks run D because I think the Bucks have like the best run D in the league. No, did I get, did I get that wrong? Yeah, they do. The Saints have a 51 percent advantage against the Bucks D line against the run. Interesting. That is yeah. interesting. And the Saints are getting uh, Mark Ingram back on a trade, who should be yep. active for that week, so they'll power in on the run even more. Um, all right, so let's throw it over to you, Prism Shark. Follow or fade that pick. I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion, but no, I'm just kidding. I absolutely love the Bucks. It is my second favorite game on the entire slate. The Saints barely beat the Seahawks, who have a roster full of dead guys. <laughs> Wilson out, Carson out. Like, I mean, you can – how, how do you barely win that game? I mean, in my mind, Tampa is rolling, and they're now rolling on all cylinders because any running back they put in the backfield looks like Alvin Kamara over the last two or three weeks. So um, we're getting Antonio uh, Antonio Brown back in Tampa. Um, you know, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a decent investment on on the Tampa Bay Bucks and feel very very good about it but i was trapped by them in their only loss was my biggest investment of the year so um yeah you know, who knows oh, i guess the rams I'll, huh give that's, me brady that's yeah. how it goes taking brady give me a slab give me a slab comparison of the type of wager you're gonna put on the bucks this week what slab would you trade um, on i would say we're looking at like uh we're looking at like a lebron james rookie psa oh. nine Whoa. Um, Whoa. so like depending on, depending on the market, it's like high th- three digits to low four digit range. Wow. All right. That's, a, that's the level of confidence. We like the box. All right. We got two on the box. Mr. No days off. What are we thinking? Can we, I'm picking the bucks cause they're definitely going to win by at least a touchdown, but Gino Smith looks so bad. <laughs> Dude, what a tease on the first play of the game to Metcalf. To Metcalf. Did he complete another pass after that or what? I didn't see him. I, nope. I didn't watch the whole game. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I turned it on in like the second quarter and I was done. I couldn't watch that, that awful football anymore. I mean, and you guys, at one point, the Jets thought he was their future. Yeah, if he could beat up in the locker room, he would have had a good chance. You know? Nothing like your, your star quarterback getting knocked out in the locker room by his own teammate. Because he owed him money. Was no, he, he was supposed to show up to some quarterback camp that he never showed up to. Oh, I thought, and, uh, I thought he owed him money. Yeah, he did. He got, he got paid and never showed up to the camp. So then he got knocked out. And then Rex Ryan, who was our previous head coach, picked him up immediately and signed him on the Bills. The defensive player who got kicked out. I don't even know if he's still in the league. But I'm going to stick with you guys. I mean, I'm going to follow the Bucks. I, I love this pick. This was the pick I wanted. But Maddie Stats beat me to it. Brady looks great. Gronk's coming back. And I agree. Like the Saints just look vulnerable on many levels. Um, so that is Bucks minus three. Another pod follow for that one. And that brings us to our fourth game of the week. This is our special guest pick from the Prism Shark. What do we got for game number four? So, so for game four, uh, I'm going to be taking the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts, when I submitted this pick, this makes me a little bit nervous, I'll be honest. When I submitted this pick, it was a pick which was a little bit shocking to me and felt trappy 
as a pick'em. Since then, it's moved to plus one for Tennessee. So, I mean, in my opinion, in a non-quarterback position, Derrick Henry is by far and away the best offensive player at his position uh, in the league. I I believe that quarterbacks are more influential than running backs. They don't really matter as much, yada, yada, yada. But this guy is a difference maker. So, I mean, a big piece of it is Derrick Henry's only rushed for under 100 yards one time this year. The next game, he rushed for 183 and three touchdowns, and he's rushed for 120 yards in every other game. So we're coming off a game with 80 yards. Colts' defense is like 10th against the rush. You you have to be better than that to stop that man-child. So I like a healthy dose of 30 carries to Derrick Henry and uh, and an ugly win, but a win nonetheless in Indy. Titans winning in Indy, a red-hot Indianapolis Colts yeah, team. Yeah, I, I was about to look up their stats. Didn't they, They've won like three in a row, right? I mean, both teams, for their credit, both teams are on a roll right now. They both look yeah. red-hot. That's a tough game to pick. Prism Sharks. So another stat I have that I just want to throw in. Indy is one and two at home against the spread this year, whereas Tennessee is five and two against the spread in general with winning record on the road, including beating good. Was Kansas City on the road? I think it was. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, you know, I, I have trouble with this game mainly because, like, I have this, this like, mental block with the Titans because the Jets beat the Titans. Okay, and like that just doesn't like I can't figure out in my brain like where that sits in as a data point, and so like I would just I think for the rest of the year I have to stay away from them. So I'm gonna, right now I'm gonna throw this over Teddy so I can think about this because I can't get past that. Teddy, help me think about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you think about it because you know they the Titans also I have I can't really pick the Titans a lot because they have Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback and I watched that guy play for seven years in the Dolphins and. Yeah, I mean he's not good. I mean he he looks he looks good on the Titans because he has Derrick Henry in the backfield. But the, and just real quick, I got the Colts last four games. They beat the Dolphins, Texans, and 49ers. So not that impressive wins. Those are pretty some pretty bad teams. And mm. they lost to the Ravens in overtime. So maybe a little fool's gold there for them. I will follow you because I don't think that they can stop Derrick Henry. He's a monster. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys think? I think Derrick Henry real quick. He's the one guy I keep consistently saying that deserves an MVP, several MVP votes in the non-quarterback position. Like if he's got to be the one guy in the NFL that's closest to winning the MVP. It's not a quarterback. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I, I, God, this is a tough one for the Titans, but Sheesh. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fade this pick. I'm gonna fade this pick. It's not by popular opinion, I'm sure, but I just can't get past it. Like I watched the game. The Jets beat the Titans. I know the Titans are hot. I think the Colts are on the way up. They're the they were a great defense last year. They're starting to get it together. Carson Wentz looks comfortable, and we all love Jonathan Taylor on this podcast. So I'm a fade. Maddie Stats, what do you think? All right, so uh, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna go with the Titans. So, look, that Jets game, I'm going to throw that game out. There was no Julio. There was no A.J. Brown. So that's a different team. That's no, a, you're not playing the same team when Julio and A.J. Brown are out. So has Julio played that game, game yet? A.J. Brown's a good point. Does Julio, is, does, does he is play? Julio a factor? Does he play? Like A.J. Brown's have a good year. I know, but what about – I'm going to look up Julio's stats right now. And I need to. We talked about this last week, but Julio just seems to like always like keep you wanting more. Like he he's great. The perception of him is great, but when you look at the stats, it's like always like. What's weird is yeah, like at the, the end of the season, are there, the TDs yeah. are never. No, like at the end of the season, he, he has good numbers. I just feel like week to week, you're just always expecting more. I don't know. A lot of hamstrings. A lot of hammies. Yeah, he so, needs a new hammy. I'll, All right. Overall, I'm gonna follow. Um, I like the way the Titans have been trending. The Colts have been moving in the right direction. Carson Wentz uh, somehow has recovered from a dual sprained ankle. I've never heard of anybody dual spraining their ankles. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty awesome. 
<laughs> like I just could like like was he just leaning on one ankle so heavily he sprayed the other one? Like I just it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the Colts have looked really good. Uh this is one that I would have stayed away from because I looked at the numbers and it it kind of just scared me off originally. But if I gotta pick one of these, I'm going with the Titans. There you go. We got the Titans. So there's our four best plays of the weekend. We'll do a quick recap here. We've got Teddy on Cleveland, minus three and a half. I'm on the Niners, minus three. Maddie Stats is on the Bucks, minus five. And we've got Titans in a pick em. Real quick, uh, Julio Jones stats this season. Five games, 17 receptions, 300 yards, zero touchdowns in five games. How many of those games has he played, though? He hasn't played, right. What did he do last week? I bet he had eight receptions for 80 yards. No, no, he's on my fantasy team. It was single-digit fantasy points, but he's due. No, last game, he didn't do anything. He caught two balls for 38 yards. I know. And the game before that, he caught three balls for 59 yards. All right, but this is a distraction out there. This was about Derrick Henry. He is a distraction. He keeps the safety out of the box, and that's good for Derrick Henry. So... There's our picks. We'll post those on the page. Let's now move on to our touchdown scores for this week. This is where we give you our top six touchdown scores of the week. If you've been betting them as singles, you've been cashing. Last week, we went four out of six. But you know on this pod, we are here for the big parlay. So we're looking to cash in on all six of these touchdown scores this week, starting with our number one TD score on the week. I'm going to throw it to you, Teddy. Who we got? James Robinson. Matt? Tell me some stats. All right. So Robinson has completely taken over that backfield and uh, sent Carlos Hyde where he belongs to the bench. So we got 86% of the snaps, 89% of the attempts in week six. He's taken over all of the short down and distance, all of the two-minute offense, and not to mention he scored a TD in his last four games. I feel great about James Robinson this week. Put him in. Put him on the board. James Robinson – Betting on the Jags, we, we kind of told ourselves we wouldn't put a Jags player in there, but somehow he sneaks on in a big way. He's our number one TD scorer for this week. Lock it in. Let's go on to number two. Who's our number two TD scorer? Prism Shark, I'm going to throw it over to you. Who we got? So I swear I'm not a Titans fan, but in the spirit of the Titans, I mean, I, I got Derrick Henry. So, I mean, again, looking at Derrick Henry's stats, no touchdowns last week. Three the week before, three the week before that, one, zero, three, zero. This dude is a freak, and uh, and I don't see him not finding the end zone this week. Derrick Henry's getting in. He'll get in early. He's on Thursday night. No, is he's on Sunday. Is he a morning on game? Sunday. One o'clock, he, right? One o'clock. One o'clock, yeah. Yep. He's, shot, he's, he's big time on one o'clock games. We know we don't want Derrick Henry in the eight o'clock game relying on him. He might throw a touchdown in instead of run it in. Let's lock it in. Number two TD score. We've got Derrick Henry. That brings us to our number three TD score. We've got a homer pick here. Matty Stats, who do we got for number three? All right, Zeke Elliott. So there's not much to say here. Zeke is a workhorse inside the 20. Uh, the Cowboys have the number two O-line advantage this week, and he's getting all of the inside the five work if Dak isn't keeping it, which Dak's been doing a lot of. Uh, he's got his legs back, so you know Dak's going to do that. But um, I love Zeke this week. Um, there's a lot of talk about Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard's not getting the ball when it counts inside the twenty. Yeah, Zeke looks good. He looks hungry. Coming off, I like come- how Dak always cries when they score too, or when he gets hurt. Wait, wait, Zach, Dak cries when he when they score. No, I don't know. He cries when he gets hurt. He definitely cries when he gets hurt, especially an ankle injury like the one he had. I mean, Dax like had like a chicken wing hanging out of his leg there. It looked, <laughs> it was not good. He like tried to put it back a couple of times too. He's like completely like blacked out. He's like, ah, oh, this is fine. Dax back. He looks amazing. Um, we, we'll get into touchdown passes, or maybe not this week, but he's always an overplay for us. Let's lock in Zeke for number three. I'll take number four. We're going back to Indianapolis with our guy, Jonathan Taylor, as our number four touchdown score. His utilization is way up. He's got 69% of the snaps and 55% of the rushing attempts. 
He's got 80% inside the five. He looks awesome. He's on the rise. Matt's Matty are, stats. What do you think? Colts are on the rise. Colts are looking good. Um, Taylor's been putting a lot of touchdowns up the past couple of weeks, so I feel good about Taylor. I'm a big, I'm a big Jonathan Taylor sports card investor. I have to say, I got a lot of Jonathan Taylor cards. I haven't had any of them graded, but it might be the time to maybe raz a couple, grade a couple. Prism Shark, what do we think about Jonathan Taylor? I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan. I think uh, the risk to Jonathan Taylor last year was uh, not – is it Najee Harris? Who's the, the scat back to have? No, uh, they got uh, Hines. Mikhail Hines. Hines, Hines. And, and Mac. And Mac. Mac was yeah. a beast, and then you just yeah. forgot about him. But, I mean, Harris makes me a little bit nervous with Jonathan Taylor just because he gets – he was stealing a lot of screen passes. I mean, the utilization obviously has gone up. The guy is crazy talented. Um, so I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan. I just like to see the utilization more like James Robinson's utilization uh, than in the 60s. But, I mean, I definitely could see him getting in this weekend. Uh, I like – the Colts offense is balanced and, uh, and I, you know, he should get the rock a lot. Yeah. They got a big game. I think they'll rely on him. It might be a, might be a running game in, uh, in Indy with the Titans coming to town. That's number four. Let's go with our number five TD score. Teddy, who do we got? We have Najee Harris, the guy that Dolphins should have drafted. Uh, he has Maddie, you, you take the stats here. All right, so he's get he's the only show in town. So he's getting 100% of the short down and distance. He's getting all the two-minute snaps. He's got 76% of the rush attempts. He's getting 18% of the targets that Big Ben's throwing. Like, the guy is just all over the place. He's getting a ton of attention, a ton of utilization. Uh, I love myself some Najee. Yeah, he scored a TD in the last three games and four out of the last five. So... They're getting the ball to him with Big Ben being pretty awful. Uh, they, you know, get the ball to their talented rookie running back. Yeah. Is Big Ben done? Is this Big Ben's last oh, year? Oh, yeah. Done. <laughs> Listen, the Steelers are going to see him out. They're going to be like, you're just going to retire. You can retire a Steeler, but you're done. I, I haven't watched many Steeler games. I, I haven't watched a full Steeler game. But from what I see, he's, he's pretty done. The, the only thing that I think is inflated on the utilization standpoint is the guy got 19 targets in one week. In he's, He works for me. He's on my fantasy team, Najee Harris. 18 or 19 targets <laughs> in, in one week. So I, I hope he scores. He worked, like I said, he's, uh, Holy shit. he's on my squadron. But the I feel like the getting 18% of the passes, if anybody gets – almost 20 targets in one of eight weeks. That number is going to look huge. Yeah, he had 19 targets for 14 reception and 102 yards in week three against Cincy. So that is some crazy yeah. stats. Oh, and they're going to shield they're, they're they're gonna my stats. The stats, the stats are the stats. But when it's you, context. When you, yeah, it's when, context. You, when you're in the weeds and you follow these players, it's good to know that he had one one crazy week of targets, but they are trying to shield Big Ben. They're doing a lot more less oh, yeah. than five yard routes, a lot more run plays. Yeah. Najee's on the board for a reason. Guy scores touchdowns, and he's coming off of a bye week. So hopefully they game plan for him. That's number five. Let's wrap it up with our number six pick. Maddie Stats, who do we got for number six? All right. So we got Cooper Cup, who is I I you know, I'm still kicking myself because I had a choice between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in fantasy, and I uh, took Robert Woods. But Cooper Cup has got 32% of the targets, nine TDs this season. He's uh, shipped Robert Woods to the ether. Uh, I love Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, he's dominating. Nine touchdowns this season. Just, and, and like watching that last week when we had DJ Henderson and our TD score and just seeing the fact that they were like, we're just going to let Cooper Cup score all these touchdowns. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to hand it off inside the five. We're going to run him end around. Cooper Cup's the guy in LA. Stafford and him have a real nice connection going on. It's yeah, so crazy I, because I don't even get it. Like the whole off season, it was all about Robert Woods and the connection that they had. And like Cooper Cup, like 
Like, how has the defense not shifted to Cooper Cup? Like, I said this like three weeks ago, and he's still just out there absolutely crushing it. It's like Devontae Adams, right? Like, the defense just can't stop the guy. Yeah, I could tell you who I'm throwing it to. You just can't stop it. Yeah. Runs great routes. So I've been – I do a lot of daily fantasy sports. I have paid for a shitload of optimizers and do a bunch of research. Cooper Cup is in my lineup almost every single week, regardless of the price. I mean, it's, it is Devontae Adams-like in the sense that the guy is just such an elite route runner and his hands are incredible. It's like, you know, it's easy to stereotype him, but he's not Wes Welker. Like, he is a legit receiver inside, outside. Um, yep. I, I love the Cooper Cup pick. Yeah, he's not the scrappy wide receiver, right? Nope. He doesn't get the scrappy title. He's an no. elite wide receiver. Yeah, almost Jordy Nelson in his prime, you know, right? But but maybe even like better. Oh yeah, better. but better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying like legitimate, like outside fast wide receiver with great hands. Let's give Jordy Nelson some respect here. You thinking about you're a closet Packers fan. You thinking about Oakland Jordy Nelson? Or are you thinking about thousand yard hundred reception every year for like seven Wait years? Do we have to pull up Jordy Nelson. Nelson's stats here? I, I like Jordy, but I mean he's a good receiver. He's got Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm just saying. I think Cooper Cup's a little bit better, and he's young. He's he's just getting started. I love Cooper Cup. I had to fight to get him on this parlay, but he's on there, so I hope he scores for us. <laughs> but yeah, definitely lose the scrappy title for him. Robert Woods, real quick. I don't know if there's a curse going on. There's no stats to back this. But the, the NFL players who decided to change their jersey number to some crazy, like, number one or number two, like, I don't think any of them are doing well this year. Yeah. I mean, the jersey number thing has turned me into, like, the old man who's screaming about, like, get off my lawn. Like, it's just, like, I don't like it. It's just, like, everybody's got weird numbers. Like, yeah. none of it makes sense. It used to make sense. Yeah. Like, fifth, like if you got a DN that number 15 rushing the passer. I'm like, wait a minute, 15 is rushing the passer? Dude, you got this guy <laughs> Judon from New England who's trying to kill Zach Wilson, wear number nine running yeah. at him. It's like... I thought he was on my team. I thought he was a wide receiver. He's going out for a pass. <laughs> and like, not to get on a rant here, but like, what about all the people who like had your jersey? I'm not saying there were like a lot of Robert Woods jerseys out there, but did they do something for those people? Well, they, I'll tell you what the NFL did, the scumbags that they are. If you wanted to change your number, you had to buy the entire inventory of oh, your jerseys, wow. like unpurchased jerseys. Mm. Here's a question. Did because you get the jerseys? Gonna, wait, they're going to make their pay- money. Yeah, no. That's a good question, Matt. But the NFL is not going to lose money here. So you have to buy no. all the jerseys from the NFL, yep. and then you can switch numbers. And, Fucking and crazy. Fanatics has this millions cool, isn't enough. Fanatics has a cool deal. They have like jersey insurance. So if like you buy a jersey and the players traded within like a year, you can replace it for any other jersey. Wow. As Jet and Dolphin fans, we need that. Yeah. We really need that. <laughs> and, but you got to pay for it. You got to take the gamble. Like, is he going to be there? Possible. Real quick before we leave the TD scores and going back to Cooper Cup for a second. I know you're a Vikings fan, Prism Shark. So let's compare him to somebody in that same class here. We're going Adam Thielen. Yep. Right? He's a guy who we you know, could argue could be on this list every every week. How does Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen compare in your mind? I mean, I think they're both possession receivers. Um, I mean, I like Cooper Cup's ability to stretch the field more than I like Adam Thielen's. I mean, Adam Thielen to me just feels like old reliable, but he's not that ex- he's not exciting. Like nobody's like, oh, I- I'm you know so hyped to see Adam Thielen play. He just like gets the job done. To me, I have a burning hatred for Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is the most overrated quarterback in the league. Statistically, he is worse and was worse when he was traded than Kirk Cousins. It's not debatable. You can argue with me about who's better. You can blame the Lions, whatever. Kirk Cousins is better on paper than Matt Stafford. So Jared Goff in a third and a first or whatever that crazy trade was. Two firsts. Two firsts. I was like, get Cousins out of here, man. If we, if that's the market, but <laughs> I mean, I like Cooper Cup. I do. I think he's really exciting. I think he's, uh, I think he's an underrated player, and you know, um, 
I think he has upside. Like, I don't think this is, he's not this athletic freak. While he is an athletic freak, he's not one of those players that if he tears his ACL tomorrow, his career is over. I mean, he comes back and runs routes and has great hands. So what I will say is I thought you were crazy when you said that. So I quickly pulled up the grades this season. So Kirk Cousins is the number five graded quarterback this season. Wow. Stafford is down at 15. It's closer. The last five years, it's closer. It's like eight and 11 or something like that. But Matt Stafford is Sean McVay has a great, I hate Sean McVay also actually, but do tell. I just don't like his face. I don't have any good like reason other see, than that's so I don't like his because face. I think he looks like a motto. And <laughs> well, that's maybe why. And and the other thing I don't like is I don't like when he played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, how he was like all giddy to meet Bill Belichick before he got his fucking doors blown off. Yeah, I just I was like, this dude is a loser. Um, yeah. So that's why I hate him. Matt Stafford, I just hate because I think he's pathetic and. I don't like that. Wow. There's some hatred. On wait, wait, Stafford. Stafford propped up a shitty Detroit franchise that would be, first of all, it it forced two generational players into retirement. That that organization, and Stafford kept them from from being the worst organization to like you know eight and eight top every ten year. Worst. Eight yeah, and eight like every year. Ten, six to like eight. Win. No, like. Five to seven wins. They always have a losing record. And suffered in silence. Yeah. I would throw, I'm 5'8", 185 pounds, and I would throw for 5,000 yards and 20 touchdowns if I was throwing to Calvin Johnson. So (laughs) I don't believe that Matt Stafford propped anything up. I think he was, yes. Did he have a shitty line and shitty coaching and shitty defense his entire career? Yes. But like his we, numbers don't even impress we, me. We debated this last, last week. We debated this. He doesn't have a playoff win. He nope. doesn't have a playoff He's win. Wait, guys, is this what I sound like when I talk about the Patriots? Yes. No, there's some real hatred here. And I like this because it's not just coming from you this week. I love it. Well, let's 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 do a quick recap for our top six scores for this week and we can lock them in. We've got number one, James Robinson. Number two, Derrick Henry. At three, we've got Zeke Elliott. Number four is Jonathan Taylor. Five is Najee Harris. And wrapping it up, number six is Cooper Cup. Lock it in. Are we parlaying this this week? Are you parlaying it? Yeah, are you parlaying it? Yes, Yes. every week. Lock it in. This is the week. Yeah, it doesn't matter what we say in this pod. (laughs) Mr. Clutch is parlaying it. Yeah, I haven't been at single once. We're parlaying them all. We're going to hit one. Let's wrap it up on the betting content here and let's change gears a bit. We've got a lot of crossover on this pod and a lot of people who follow our page are from the sports hobby or sports card hobby. And so got a couple questions for the prism shark here. Be a little focused on card content and we've got a couple questions lined up for you. Prism shark. You ready for this, man? I hope so. You spit some knowledge on us here for those listeners out here that aren't into sports cars, but you see us post all the time. Hopefully this gives you a couple ideas or some insights into how's it, how it's going. Maybe a couple, couple tips to get started. Start with our first question for the people who don't know, why should they give your page a follow on Instagram? Well, that's a good question. I, I hope people follow it. Honestly, I just, uh, I just enjoy it. So I, I mean, it's a hobby to me. Like I, I post it because I'm interested in it. Um, you heard my takes on Matt Stafford and others. So I, I try my best not to follow the trends in the sports card market, because if that's what you're doing, it's too late. You, by the time you get the card in your hand, it's already worthless. So, you know, really you just get genuine content from a genuine degen from sports betting to sports cards, to DFS, to fantasy, to online poker. I like to gamble and, you know, I view it like we got to support the ability to keep buying cards. And what I've found is that you can either pay people to sell it on Instagram and pay 10, 15%, sell it on eBay and pay 15% and the buyer pays taxes. So I sell some stuff on my page that I try and price 5% 
under what the market is. Um, you know, it's to me, it's not a, it's not my job, but you know, somebody has got to support the ongoing, you know, degenerateness of, uh, buying cards constantly. So, you know, you'll see some funny memes, you'll get some decent prices and, uh, you'll get my opinionated commentary on the market and the teams and the players. There you go. Give it a follow. If you don't, it's some great content, some funny content. So talk to me about some of the players that you're investing in right now, right? As you think about, you, it, you know, you see some people have a big game. Are you jumping on those players? Or you just kind of set your set your focus before the season starts. Give us some insight into who you're collecting. So, so this is a big mistake. I, I mean, so I wasted a lot of money the first six months to a year that I was in this because I'd be like, you know, whatever oh joe burrow had a good you know joe burrow had a good game fire a bunch of money on joe burrow cards the guy's dead you know two weeks later and i hadn't even received my cards yet so that was how i started approaching it um really now i'm I'm very organized as to who i'm targeting so i mean i basically have preset lists of players that i want to focus on so i'll give you a couple plays um with the NFL, it really comes down to quarterbacks, fortunately or unfortunately. That is who is worth money in sports cards. So, like, I'm a huge Vikings fan. I have some Justin Jefferson. If he's not Jerry Rice, he's not going to be worth a ton long term. Um, so, in football, um, I mean, prior to him being hurt, I felt Russell Wilson was very, very underrated. The way I think about sports cards is it, it comes down to your strategy, right? So if I'm just trying to flip cards, then I would be buying all rookies and second-year player. If I'm buying cards to hold, I want players that in 20 years, I believe that you are going to know their name. So I felt relative to the market, Russell Wilson uh, was – he has a ring – uh, perennial MVP candidate. Um, he's been a few times. He's still playing. He has a decent team. So I was buying Russell Wilson heavy before he got hurt. Um, I think both Herbert and Burrow are great plays regardless. Um, the big thing about sports cards that people have to understand, it's very, very seasonal. So I wish I had a Matty stats for my operation, but I just have my bald head, you know, in the, in the spreadsheets and data. But if you look, what you will find is that the value on the general market of sports cards peaks between three weeks before the season starts and three weeks after the season starts. So that's every player across the board. Now, once the season starts, there's, players that appreciate value but now it's coming down to that player's actual output whereas a player could have a bad year and they're still investable the next year so the goal you really don't want to be buying cards between right before the season and the beginning of this and the three weeks into the season when it comes to the playoffs anybody that doesn't make the playoffs their value absolutely plummets unless they are like a, you know, like Herbert's value didn't plummet, but relative it's about a hundred percent more before the season started this year than it was in the playoffs last year. So there's a very seasonal element right now. We're kind of in the prime time of values being high with football and basketball. I know this is highly focused around football, but I just have a play for basketball that if Give it out. Share it with the people. Share it with the people. I can't understand. If you're bidding against somebody on eBay, it's probably me. (laughs) DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter was the number four pick two years ago in the class with Zion and Ja. They thought if it wasn't for Zion, he could have been a number one pick. Um, DeAndre Hunter in basketball, I'm all about wings. And, uh, and players that can guard multiple positions, as well as players that are elite defensively that have the athleticism to become great offensive players. So 
I love any, pretty much everybody on the Hawks right now. I think their team is stacked and going to be trouble in the East. But I would, uh, I would look out if you're looking for people to start with. DeAndre Hunter is a great buy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, would you want to buy the dip in Russell Wilson? Like, is his value crashing just because he got injured for a few weeks? Is that how it works, or no? That's a is good buying question. a dip a, a thing? It, it it is a thing. So it's, I mean, in the most of the cards that I've bought this year have been between the Super Bowl and about a month before football started. Um, it depends on what Russell Wilson has left. So I spent a bunch on him, so I probably won't buy the dip because I think for him to be, he's just another guy with a ring if he doesn't get another ring. When I was started investing in him, I was thinking – I think he can contend again. Um, I don't know what – I haven't followed it closely enough. It was kind of like I saw it and did the old laptop slam down, you know. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know enough about his injury. Um, if he can come back and play and you have belief that the Seahawks can get it together over the next couple years and that he has runway, then I think he's investable. If you go to the Dolphins as well, I would take him. Yeah, I'd buy the dip. I'll take him too, yeah. Minnesota. Please. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, buy the, buy the dip in the Dolphins because if we know anything, when he leaves the Dolphins, he's going to be a star. Sky I like rocket. Tannehill too. I won't lie. I know you were trashing Tannehill. It's not his fault. I mean, he kind of got the Matt Stafford syndrome of just playing in a in wait, a horrible. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This guy was given everything. And he couldn't. The reason why he's good is because of Derrick Henry. Let Derrick Henry. I'm not saying I wish injuries. Let Derrick Henry go down or have missed some time or something, and we'll all see the Tannehill of the Dolphins. Well, I mean, he was given Devontae Parker. Like, who was he given? Who? <laughs> Jay Ajayi had a good season on his. Uh, yeah, Jay know, Ajayi. He had Jarvis Landry. He had Jarvis Landry. Right. Yeah, Landry, Landry Parker. He got hurt. He, he, had, he, still... had, he had two bad injuries. He got he came back. And he tore his ACL twice in six months. Yeah, that's that, that's unlucky. But he is. He we go back to this every week. But he he is a franchise quarterback now. He's not a franchise quarterback. Oh yeah, he's he's a top ten quarterback in the league. He's Kirk last Cousins, year he was pushing like top six probably. Kirk Cousins would do the same thing Tannehill's doing on that team. Well, see, Maybe. that's kind of oh, interesting. Because we've got Kirk Cousins at number five, and we got Tannehill at seven. So the stats kind of back them up that they would do the same thing because they're both graded as like top ten quarterbacks in the league. Matt, let let us just yell and argue, okay? (laughs) Out of this, (laughs) always having to ruin it with the stats. Don't let the facts get in front of a good story. Exactly. Reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. Yes. yes. (laughs) study <laughs> quote yes, sir. next week all right so so if if somebody was getting into sports cards you know they've been watching it from the outside now they're getting in now like what tips could you offer to somebody getting started in the hobby well the sad truth is that the very approachable boxes of cards are typically not the very profitable boxes of cards i mean especially with the changes in grading over the last year um there's an incredible amount of inventory of just like to say i have a rookie card of somebody that's new today there's 20 different brands that panini makes that all have a rookie card Mm -hmm. so like blasters or hangers or single packs are not a super wise investment uh in the long run because you're really looking for rookies that are either numbered are some sort of variation or color um or auto or an auto so uh, the big thing is it's really easy to like fall into like oh this guy's gonna be good and just like start getting willy-nilly just firing it's great fun for a dgen like myself but it really comes down to discipline and organization as to like who is it that you're targeting um, and to focus specifically on them and not like, you know, for me, I was buying, I have a Colby white card that I paid $78 to grade and still don't have back. And it's been gone for eight months and it's worth like $40 if it grades a 10. 
So the big, the big advice for me is like, just make sure that you're enjoying the cards that you you're buying. I mean, it's a, a hobby you hope to make money in, but like at the end of the day, if, if you're not, if you don't get enjoyment of going through those cards and looking at them, and if it doesn't make you enjoy games more like sports betting, you're in it for the wrong reasons because like sports betting, most people don't beat it. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you get personal satisfaction from them, you're not going to feel like shit going to sleep every night, feeling like you wasted all this money. So if, if DeAndre Hunter, if he is a bust, like, I don't know. I did a shitload of research. I like him as a player. I believe in his upside. And if he doesn't come through, like, I'm not going to feel some type of way about it because I feel like I did my diligence and I was disciplined in what I was buying. And I was buying things that I thought were high investment. Not that everything is just going to appreciate like, uh, like Bitcoin. Makes sense. It's good tips for the people. Spend wisely. Make sure you're enjoying the hobby. Um, last question I've got for you is around NFTs. This is a popular one. As a pod, we got we got really into NBA Top Shot when that came out, and we're buying moments. Now I'm seeing the MLBs got NFTs. They're doing digital cards. Like, are you are you getting into the digital cards? Are you more on the cardboard side? What are your thoughts there? So it's surprising I'm not more into the NFTs because I'm a big crypto guy. Um, and I do all kinds of weird shit you have to do to buy cryptocurrency before it became so mainstream like it is now and easy to buy on Coinbase and other places. So to be honest, I mean, I'm 100% cardboard at this point. I'm interested in NFTs. I just haven't dedicated the time to figure it all out. And I, my brother actually... I know he got a James Wiseman James Wiseman moment numbered to like 10 right when they dropped. It was worth like $2,800. He didn't sell it. He's like, oh, it's just going to keep going up. And the market absolutely tanked and it went to like $280. So, I mean, I like volatile investments, honestly, but I just need a better understanding of how it works so i'm not against the nfts i'm just not uh i'm not all the way there yet but it's something that i'll i'll be involved in i'll probably just be a bit of a laggard to uh to see what market adoption looks like and i'd like them to make them a little bit easier to get yeah yeah nba moments teddy still holding on any of those nba moments oh i haven't sold one of them yet oh boy what do you got is that because you're holding or you don't know how no, I put somebody on sale. I think I got a New Jersey Nets player or something. I don't know. It's a New Jersey Nets player. <laughs> Is it KD? They moved to Brooklyn nah, recently, nah, nah, too. Nah. I don't know if you were. <laughs> no, you, New, I was a big New Jersey Nets fan. I'll just tell you that much. Let me tell you, Kyrie would do really well if they were in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. He'd actually yeah. get on the court. He'd be able to play. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt, you got a, a recent Dwayne Wade uh, moment, right? That was numbered. Have you looked at uh, the value there? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've looked at the value more times than I'd like to actually admit. <laughs> um, so when I first got it, it, like, you know, I look, I've been doing Top Shot. I joined every drop. Um, you know, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But, you know, whatever. I got a Twitter thing. It gives me alert. And, you know, I'm not doing anything at work that I can't, like, pop up my phone for 10 minutes. Um, so I got the Dwayne Wade. It started at 15. It went up to 22. It's back to, like, 1,700 now. Um but, you know, it was a $180 investment. I feel like I should have just sold it when it hit 2200 But I was, the voice in the back of my head was you, Amato, being like, you know, hold that. It's Dwayne Wade's first moment. It's going to be worth a lot. So, well, yeah. That's with, with cards in general. What I found, which I didn't understand, is if you're going to sell them, you want to sell them as close to when they come out as possible. If you're going to hold them, then hold them. But, like... For example, right now, Optic, we were just talking about, you have an Optic uh, hobby box, Matt. Yeah. The, I just saw something last week, a Anthony Edwards hollow in Optic was selling for like $450 raw. If you look at last year's class, 
an RJ Barrett optic hollow raw is like $25. So when boxes or things drop, if you're, it's not something you're going to hold long-term or is really rare, selling it as close to the drop date as possible um, will, will yield a higher return. So you're in for it now. I think you're holding to that Hall of Fame day. That's what I told him. Just hold. Hold. Hold the optic box. Well, we really appreciate you being on the podcast, talking sports betting with us, talking some card stuff. As always, boys, this was fun. Um, we put a lot of stuff on this page. We've got a lot of plays. We will post them this weekend. And as always, whether you follow or fade, we hope you win some cash. Thanks for tuning in.